Hello, this is R.J. Deacon, reading the Supreme Court of the United States Opinion Syllabus in DeRay McKesson v. John Doe. As a side note, if you'd like to support the podcast or support me as I slog through law school, please find the podcast on Patreon or follow the uh, PayPal link in the show notes. This is uh, a per curiam opinion, and it's uh, only five pages, so we're just going to go ahead and read it. Decided November 2nd, 2020, and there was no argument. Petitioner DeRay McKesson organized a demonstration in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, to protest a shooting by a local police officer. The protesters, allegedly at McKesson's direction, occupied the highway in front of the police headquarters. As officers began making arrests to clear the highway, an unknown individual threw a piece of concrete or similar rock-like object, striking respondent officer Doe in the face. Officer Doe suffered devastating injuries in the line of duty, including loss of teeth and brain trauma. Though the culprit remains unidentified, Officer Doe sought to recover damages from McKesson on the theory that he negligently staged the protest in a manner that caused the assault. The district court dismissed the negligence claim as barred by the First Amendment. A divided panel of the Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit reversed, as the Fifth Circuit recognized at the outset, Louisiana law generally imposes no duty to protect others from the criminal activities of third persons. Uh, that's quoting Posique versus Walmart Stores Incorporated. But the panel majority held that the jury could not plausibly find that McKesson breached his duty to negligently precipitate the crime of a third party because a violent confrontation with a police officer was a foreseeable effect of negligently directing a protest onto the highway. The dissent would have demanded something more, a special relationship between McKesson and Officer Doe. Before recognizing such a duty under Louisiana law, uh, and that's uh, Willett, Willett J. concurring in part and dissenting in part, the dissent likewise doubted that an intentional assault is the particular risk for which Officer Doe could recover for a breach of Louisiana's prohibitions on highway blocking, which have as their focus the protection of other motorists. The panel majority also rejected McKesson's argument that NAACP versus Claiborne Hardware Incorporated forbids liability for speech-related activity that negligently causes a violent act unless the defendant specifically intended that the violent act would result. According to the Fifth Circuit, the First Amendment imposes no barrier to tort liability, so long as the rock-throwing incident was one of the consequences of tortious activity, which itself was authorized, directed, or ratified by McKesson in violation of his duty of care. Because McKesson allegedly directed an unlawful obstruction of a highway, see uh, Louisiana Revised Statutes Annotated for, Section 1497, uh, West 2018, the Fifth Circuit held that the First Amendment did not shield him from liability for the downstream consequences. Again, the dissent disagreed, deeming the novel negligent protest theory of liability to be incompatible with the First Amendment and foreclosed squarely by Claiborne Hardware. The Fifth Circuit subsequently deadlocked 8-8 to on McKesson's petition for rehearing and bank. Members of the Court of Appeals wrote separately to express further disagreement with both the panel's decision, panel decision's interpretation of state law, 
and its application of Claiborne hardware. Um, the question presented for our review is whether the theory of personal liability adopted by the Fifth Circuit violates the First Amendment. When violence occurs during activities protected by the First Amendment, that provision mandates precision of regulation with respect to the grounds that may give rise to damages liability, as well as the persons who may be held accountable for those damages. That's Claiborne Hardware again. McKesson contends that his role in leading the protest onto the highway, even if negligent and punishable as a misdemeanor, cannot make him personally liable for the violent act of an individual whose only association with him was attendance at the protest. We think that the Fifth Circuit's interpretation of state law is too uncertain a premise on which to address the question presented. The constitutional issue, though undeniably important, is implicated only if Louisiana law permits recovery under these circumstances in the first place. The dispute thus could be greatly simplified by guidance from the Louisiana Supreme Court on the meaning of Louisiana law. Um, quoting Bellotti versus Baird, Fortunately, the rules of the Louisiana Supreme Court, like the rules of 47 other states, provide an opportunity to obtain such guidance. In the absence of clear controlling precedents in the decisions of the Louisiana Supreme Court, those rules specify that the federal courts of appeals may certify dispositive questions of Louisiana law on their own accord or on motion of a party. That's uh, Louisiana Supreme Court Rule 12, Sections 1 through 1 and 2. Certification is by no means obligatory, merely because the state law is unsettled. The choice instead rests in the sound discretion of the federal court. That's uh, Lehman Brothers versus Shen. Federal courts have only rarely resorted to state certification procedures, which can prolong the dispute and increase the expenses incurred by the parties. Our system of cooperative judicial federalism presumes federal and state courts alike are competent to apply federal and state law. It's uh, Taffin versus Levitt. In exceptional instances, however, certification is advisable before addressing a constitutional issue. See Bellotti and uh, Clay versus Sun Insurance. Two aspects of this case taken together persuade us that the Court of Appeals should have certified to the Louisiana Supreme Court the questions, one, whether McKesson could have breached a duty of care in organizing and leading the protest, and two, whether Officer Doe has alleged a particular risk within the scope of protection afforded by the duty provided one exists. First, the dispute presents novel issues of state law particularly calling for the exercise of judgment by the state courts. See Lehman Brothers. To impose a duty under Louisiana law, courts must consider various moral and social and economic factors, among them the fairness of imposing liability, the historical development of precedent, and the direction in which society and its institutions are involving. Uh, that's Posikai. Speculation by a federal court about how a state court would weigh, for instance, the moral value of protest against the economic consequences of withholding liability, is particularly gratuitous when the state courts stand willing to address questions of state law on certification. That's Arizonans for Official English versus Arizona. 
Second, certification would ensure that any conflict in this case between state law and the First Amendment is not purely hypothetical. The novelty of the claim at issue here only underscores that warnings against premature adjudication of constitutional questions bear heightened attention when a federal court is asked to invalidate a state's law. The Louisiana Supreme Court, to be sure, may announce the same duty as the Fifth Circuit, but under the unusual circumstances we confront here, we conclude that the Fifth Circuit should not have ventured into so uncertain area of tort law, one laden with the value judgments and fraught with implications for First Amendment rights, without first seeking guidance on potentially controlling Louisiana law from the Louisiana Supreme Court. We expressed no opinion on the propriety of the Fifth Circuit certifying or resolving on its own any other issues of state law that the parties may raise on remand. We therefore grant the petition for writ of certiorari, vacate the judgment of the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, and remand the case to the court for further proceedings consistent with this opinion. It is so ordered. Justice Barrett took no part in the consideration or decision of this case. Justice Thomas dissents. If you'd like to get a hold of me, I can be reached at rhodesscholar80 at gmail.com. That's R-O-A-D-S and the number eight zero. And again, if you'd like to support the show, we can be found on PayPal or 